welcome to part 2 of the stonk saga and let me explain to you what this series is all about okay in this series i simply talk about my investing journey and in the first part is when i began it so it's simply about me investing and i think when i say stonks that is misspell the word stocks with an n i simply refer to my journey into the stock market the equity market don't worry it's not filled with jargon it's more so a very surface level very simplified version that is digestible for anybody and everybody to listen to who thinks that investing is daunting but don't be confused this is not meant to be for education this is purely aimed at entertainment so the first part that i titled buying my first stock was when my dad gave me a small amount of money to start investing and i ended up buying random stocks and in the first part i promised you that in this part i will be sharing the returns on my investments right that is the reason for this huge gap between the two parts so don't worry i will definitely tell you the returns on my investments since the last episode and everything and i will particularly keep it at the end of this episode as a, as a good way to end after everything that happens during the episode so let's get the legal disclaimers out of the way as well this again as i said is purely made for entertainment this is not financial advice and i am not a licensed financial advisor and i will also not reveal any actual figures that is numbers for personal safety and i do not uh, want to make it seem that uh, this is created for bragging purposes and i feel like the the story and the series is more so created from me to you for to share the lessons learned it's more about the journey than about the destination okay so the story continues as as like this okay part 1 occurred on day 1 and part 2 that is this part continues what i did day 2 onwards specifically in the following 7 months the 7 month period after day 1 is uh, uh, what i did in this period is what i cover in this part i liked investing so much you know when i received that uh, small joy of clicking the buy button and actually owning a stock that is a different feeling i tell you and you know like simple interest compound interest everybody knows it right so let's just imagine that if 10% of 100 is 10 rupees and that 10% of 1000 is 100 rupees it only means that uh, the percentage remains the same but as the amount increases that the percentage amount of it also increases so i knew that in you know i had a, i did not have a very thorough understanding of the stock market but something told me that if i put a bigger amount in i would get a bigger return okay again not financial advice just a random person doing random things okay so i asked my dad for more and more money you know small small amounts throughout the 7 months you know in the and then i put small small amounts of money every month you know monthly into buying stocks and constantly increasing my portfolio i happened to buy around 25 more companies throughout their duration that is one stock in each company you will get that reference from the first episode and uh, throughout the end of this period right in the end of the 7 months i had a total of 50 stocks you know out of the investing that i did now again let's come back uh, from the 7 months to the first or second month and uh, after uh, after a few weeks had passed and i had increased my portfolio by a small amount what i saw uh, when i was staring at my portfolio was that i had gotten good returns you know that and i almost felt like a god you know i was like yeah i know this like i got this like i felt like with 
I had some power to pick lucky stocks. You know, I was that uh, story, success story, uh, with who would had that. You know, something, something like get the feeling. And all of a sudden, like when I'm thinking all this, right? A few days later, I'm looking at my portfolio with a huge smile on my face, only to realize that smile to disappear because I see red lines. You know, I see. Let's imagine if I had invested hundred rupees, I see ninety, I see eighty, and I am my all that smile, that happiness, that joy is vanished. You know, I am no longer happy. I am like, what just happened? Where is my money? You know, and because I had never faced a loss, this was uh, pretty much the first time that I had seen a loss on my investments, at least a significant amount. And uh, Socrates, a Greek philosopher, once said, "The more I know." the more i realize i know nothing and it was then when i looked at that same portfolio in red uh, is when i realized that this wasn't easy that there was more to it and that i needed to learn now before i go on to the learning which i surely did of course no random person is actually making good returns in the uh, stock market without actually knowing anything about it right in order to get good at anything you definitely definitely need to learn about that thing and practice that thing so i would assume that if that uh, uh, remained true for a lot of things then that would still remain true for my approach to the stock market and or investing in general one day as the months were passing what happened is i happened to come across an nfo actually my father did and he brought my attention towards it an nfo is simply a new fund offering a new fund offering is essentially the launch of a mutual fund uh, and a mutual fund being simply a basket of stocks so and i had never purchased or invested in mutual funds before so what my father did was he passed my uh, passed me or sent me a, sh- a small amount of money and he told me to get uh, or put some uh, money into this mutual fund this up and coming mutual fund and i put some money into it and i you know uh, had the ownership of a few uni- units in this mutual fund and now again the returns the losses i make on this mutual fund will also be covered at the end of this episode You know in the midst of investing in mutual funds and stocks I happened to notice that I developed a bad habit and the bad habit was of staring at my portfolio on my phone in the app constantly refreshing it to see the profits I had made the losses I had made and it being on my mind all the time like I'm spending hours and every single morning I'm waking up to see it's like a thing that is occupying too much of my space my mind my thoughts and i'm on on the days that i saw the lines in green that i'm making a profit i was so happy like i was on top of the world and on the days where my investments were not doing well i was like my my day didn't go well you know i was like what is this i'm losing money you know and so that the, i it felt like the numbers like lines and such surface level things i had not put like life savings worth of amounts in there right but still the, the small amounts were dictating my moods and i didn't like that right and i definitely noticed that it was a problem So I deleted the app, right? I didn't like the habit, and I removed the app from my device so that I could not look at my investments. Now, after I deleted the app, I was I was almost calm and peaceful because uh, there was no numbers to look at, and I had almost forgotten about the investments. And then a few weeks later, I get a notification, right? I get an email and an SMS at the same time, like ting, and I wonder what that is. So I I click on the SMS, and the SMS says that so and so company or something. It said. that i had credited a few rupees to my uh, account in my bank account and i was like what wait this must be why is the company sending me money you know and so I, naturally i just tried to go to my dad I, because he handles the finances of the household i went and asked dad like do you look at this sms it seems like this random company 
that i'm not uh, sure where it is from it is it happened to give me a few rupees in my bank account like how do what what and then my father explained that this here is actually dividend when you hold the shares of a company or stocks in a company what happened is that the company will uh, usually give you dividend a few times during the year now what dividend is is essentially a share of the profits in the company because you own a share in the company get it okay so when i saw this like a few rupees come in in my bank account for free i was excited you know i was on top of the world i was like wait this is are you telling me that i just need to own a share right like imagine i just purchase 100 rupees share and i'm getting a few rupees uh, you know a certain times a year you know and like for free i didn't have to work you're saying the people in the company will work and when they get the profits i will get them for free without working is this a joke come on tell me if this is a lie you know again the money might not seem like a lot as i said even if i'm purchasing a 100 rupees share i'm only getting a few rupees right the usually the profits are uh, the sorry the dividend is a fraction of a share price like a very very small fraction it's often right but it is still something right and like imagine if you're holding the share for a copious amounts of time like as in a long period just imagine the amount of dividend and that is still one share imagine you're holding lots of shares the im just imagine how much that could you know your dividend could increase quickly like these thoughts are going in my mind you know like i'm imagining being on a beach sipping my mocktails the waves going by you know and i'm just imagining like the like you know piles of coins next to me because of the dividend earnings that i could have possibly made in the future if i just kept up this investing essentially i was like why wouldn't i want to hold on to these stocks forever you know now when i said that i got an email and an sms what i didn't think about was that the emails and smss that i would keep getting okay prominently emails so what happens is that when you own uh, shares or stocks in a company they have to send you as a formality a certain amount of emails and smss or certain types of it or uh, some of them include voting emails you know you as a shareholder get to vote in some of the decisions of the company not the big ones like some things like i've never actually paid attention to them but you definitely get to do so it is not compulsory that i have realized but they they have to send it out to every shareholder so you will get an email on that then they also have uh, you know infrequent or very rare emails on buyback i would it's basically when the company wants to buy back the shares from you okay that, that's as simple as i'm going to get i'm um, of course these are very technical concepts which if you are curious you should learn about again if you want to get into this uh, field but that's as surface level as i want to keep it for you a newbie investor and finally dividend right so they will if they are declaring the dividend and are distributing the dividend you will definitely get an email telling you about how much dividend you have received you know it's simply the flat amount that is decided and then multiplied by the number of shares you own okay so the thing about these emails is that some of them you can unsubscribe from they have an unsubscribe button at the bottom or like the small hyperlinked text which if you go to you can unsubscribe now some of them again uh, some companies do not have it and so you will continue to get it or some types of emails that they send you do not have the unsubscribe button and some emails that have the unsubscribe button when even if you click it it does nothing okay so basically you are done you know like if your you will your inbox is done for if you are investing basically you will be getting hundreds of emails throughout the duration of whenever the company is sending it to you now think of it this way okay if i bought a 100 shares in one company i would get one email from that company or one type of each email from that company 
because again just one company right if i buy one share in a hundred companies well then i'd get hundred emails from the, those companies right because every company is sending me that formality of each type of email right and now now i think you know where i'm going with this because i did not have hundred shares in one company more rather i had something along the lines of one share in a hundred companies so my email inbox was basically as if somebody had put my email into one of those uh uh, you know, things wherein uh, it basically ruins your entire inbox with tons of, uh, you know, telemarketings and all the f fraud and scam and, uh, you know, you know, useless emails, basically. It was a, it, it, it was a big pile of junk, you know. It's like if I did not actively see and clean my inbox every day, then I would never be able to actually find the stuff that I want in my inbox. And thankfully, I have a zero email inbox. Again, back to that episode, which was titled how long it really takes to delete 10,000 emails. I definitely developed a work ethic to manage my email inbox. And so no matter how many emails these investing companies send me, I will stay on top of them and make sure I still manage to get that zero email inbox. Most of the time, to be frank, these emails are, need not be kept. Honestly, they're just for informing you. And again, that's like, it's not even that important, at least for me, for me. So I delete them instantly as I receive it's a delete. I don't have to look twice. Again, sometimes it can be important documents, reports and news and funds and whatnot. So again, you, you have to read them and whatnot. But apart from that, there are no keepers for sure. Let's go towards the learning curve now. As I said that I wanted to learn. So what happened is after buying the 25 more stocks in this episode, uh, you know, from the last, unlike the last episode, the first part. Uh, throughout the seven month period, right toward the end of the seven months, I started to watch videos. I wanted to learn investing. So I hopped onto YouTube and I started, I looked up, you know, how to invest in stocks, investing. And I started to put keywords in the YouTube search bar to find out what videos existed, what topics existed and to increase my knowledge. And I wanted to personally focus on the concept videos, the ones that explain the concepts, right? As compared to the stock picking uh, recommendation videos. So the difference between the two is in the stock rec recommendation videos, the YouTubers or the people behind the camera in the video essentially are telling you certain companies to go invest in. And I don't think that is a good idea personally because it is just not a good idea, you know. And uh, whereas the concept videos simply explain to you how to invest, what are the factors that you should consider before investing and the terms that you should know, right? So you can make your own decision, right? And you do not need to rely on someone else's opinion. It's like blindly following what someone else says because uh, you do not know about it, right? And I didn't want to do that, which is why I decided to learn about it. So, so I learned many things. And so I want to go over the, uh, a few things that I learned and I'll try to keep them simple so that uh, it won't go over your head. One of the first things that I learned was fundamental analysis. It is simply referring to uh, reading the balance sheet of the company, the profit and loss account, the cash flow, the ratios and so on. Again, the, the, these company, the companies on the stock exchange post these details of their, uh, of their company and uh, I know these ratios are available on the listing. So you can easily, they're up for public knowledge and public uh, view. So again, you can read this information to know about how well a co company is performing essentially. All these uh, details let you know about them. And okay, if you're not from a commerce background, then good luck catching up, okay? Some terms might go straight above your head. Okay, I also learned that time in the market beats timing the market. So I decided to hold my uh, investments long-term. It essentially means that the longer you hold something for, the, uh, the longer it will grow to a bigger size, right? Compounding. 
uh, and as compared to timing the market that is waiting for something to go down waiting for something to go high waiting for the right opportunity and what not right that is how that is the simplest form of it i was also not afraid to lose the money because i had not invested that much and the money that i had invested was the ones that i had uh, ones i mean the one that i had borrowed from my father right it was not the money that i worked for and i and i think and everybody knows that some there is a much more uh, deeper appreciation for money once you work for it once you put in the blood sweat and tears uh, to uh, earn uh, on money that you treat that money differently than the mo- money that is given to you right the attitude is completely different and so because this i'm not disrespecting it by any means but i'm just genuinely saying that because it wasn't my money i wasn't that afraid to lose it moreover that my family was well to do so it wasn't like uh, if I, even if my investments were to plummet to zero which is unlikely but even if it were to that uh, uh, you know i would be uh, worried too much and because of this i did not panic sell whenever i saw the occasional red lines it is a very common thing that happens that sometimes when uh, people get into the stock market and begin investing they only look at the positives that is how much they, they can gain how much that uh, uh, you know uh, returns they can make and how rich they can become but they never anticipate that how much can they lose how much are they willing to lose and what will happen if it all goes to zero because remember the lines go up and down it's there are two sides to it up being in green that is uh, you're making returns and down being in red that means you're making losses right you have to anticipate both the outcomes lastly i think i also learned about the power of compounding and compounding again compound interest right that's what compounding is from uh, and basically the longer you hold for the greater returns you get and and again i said lastly but this is the final lastly i promise i learned about different sectors that is it banking and you know all the different sectors or types of stocks right then i learned about different cap stocks cap standing for capital that is large cap mid cap small cap again different size of companies then i learned about indexes that is the nifty 50 index uh that is again the top 50 companies in the national stock exchange and then i learned about the different indexes again we have the mid cap index small cap index which is basically a list of something fitting in a certain criteria that is again something being stocks and certain criteria mean the top in that category i would assume and lastly mutual funds again a different th- these caps and uh, sectors uh, and all these apply to mutual funds as well so i got to learn about how mutual funds work and how they differ from stocks in general i think that this has been enough jargon so i'll stop with it because i know most of you listening do not invest in stocks stocks as of now or the stock market and neither do i consider myself a licensed financial advisor to explain these concepts to you in a way that wouldn't sue me okay so if you're interested i'm pretty positive and sure that there is loads of con- content out there on the internet to satisfy your thirst just how i quenched mine and uh, i often think to myself after i watched all these videos that did i learn this too late because i i had learned this information or knowledge after i had spent all that money or how much of money i spent you know on random stocks i started watching these videos after the 7 months had ended right but let me tell you that this knowledge would not go to waste waste because this knowledge will be used in part 3 which is going to come guys trust me part 3 is where the real thing is okay there is like the you know i'm holding out a big thing for part 3 Okay I think uh, a bigger question is like come on come on like you must be getting very excited to ask me because when it comes to stocks or investing it's about the returns and the profits and how to make a profit it is by selling right so the big question is did i sell any stocks 
I want to answer that by saying I hold every single stock that I have purchased till date. I have not sold a single stock. Okay. Now you must be asking, but why? Like, uh, you know, but why haven't you sold it yet? What are you waiting for, man? And the thing is that all my reasonings are very simple. I again, my horizons and my uh, objectives and, uh, and everything is long term. I intend to keep them for long uh, for the longer horizon. And so selling them in the present after just a few months does not actually fit my objectives. Okay, so that is the reason why I haven't sold it. Now coming to the, you know, the moment you've all been waiting for, which is simply the stocks update, right? The returns that I made on the stocks that I invested of all the way till the seven months, including the uh, investments that I made in part one. Okay, drum roll, please. I earned a whopping loss of 40% on my stocks on every single stock I had purchased in the first part and the part two. Okay. Meaning if I had invested a hundred rupees, then I would be sitting at 60 rupees. Okay. That was like my portfolio at the end of the seven month period. You must be asking, but why, how did you get such a big loss? You know, what happened? What went wrong? Again, the reasons for the loss, uh, I think are two among many right? That is from my uh, simple analysis. One is that I invested in small cap companies unknowingly, which constituted up to 50% of my portfolio, right? And it is a risky investment. I didn't know at the time of investing only after investing, did I again begin to watch the videos where I realized that what I had done was because up till then I did not distinguish between the companies, at least not based on their size on the, of the capital, essentially small cap companies, right? Small capital sized companies, have higher volatility in their stock price. Volatility simply means the amount of, uh, at the rate at which the stock price is fluctuating uh, and, uh, and the intensity of it. So whereas a big company on average might not, you know, like uh, move a lot in stock price, but might uh, have smaller movements, the smaller companies might move like an erratic five-year-old kid, you know, jumping from place to place. So that's what I, one of the reasons I think that my, I was, my portfolio wasn't losses. And the second reason was that the economy or the markets were down in general and things were not performing as well as they should have, you know, in the economic climate. Second, I also said that I would be giving you guys an update on the mutual funds. So what happened on that? Like, did I make a return? Did I make a loss? What happened? Well, drum roll, please. I earned a whopping profit of 4%. Meaning if I had invested a hundred rupees, I would be sitting at a hundred and four rupees. Okay. I would like to end part two right here and we'll continue my investing journey in part three. All I hope right now is that I can turn all these losses in part two into good, you know, amazing profits by part three. I just hope this happens and that's all I have for this episode. Bye.